0: At last, it's done. The New York Jets and Green Bay Packers have finally agreed to a trade sending Aaron Rodgers to New York. The good news is the Jets are a much better football team. The bad news? They gave up an awful lot. We'll talk about this trade from all angles, the good and the bad, today on the Locked On Jets Podcast. You are Locked On Jets, your daily New York Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. Welcome, this is the Lockdown Jets podcast, part of the On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's Monday, April 24th, 2023, and I'm your host, John B. from gangreennation.com, thanking you for making this show your first listen every day. We are a daily podcast covering the New York Jets. We have new episodes each day through the week, Monday through Friday, and then bonus episodes as needed. If you are listening to this show and enjoy it, please give it a five-star review on a podcast source or a big thumbs up for this episode if you're watching on YouTube. These things help the channel out and help other Jets fans find the podcast. Today our episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. BetterHelp connects you with a licensed therapist who can take you on that journey of self-discovery from wherever you are. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOn today to get 10% off your first month. The deal is finally done. After over a month of waiting, Jets fans can celebrate. Aaron Rodgers, the future Hall of Fame quarterback, will be a member of the New York Jets. It may take a couple of days for the paperwork to be filed. There are some complications with the contract that need to be worked out, but the Jets and Packers have finally struck a deal to bring Aaron Rodgers to New York over a month after he announced he was going to be become a member of the New York Jets. It was Aaron Rodgers' close personal friend, Adam Schefter, who uh, broke the deal Monday afternoon. Early in the afternoon, there was some buzz that the Jets and Packers were talking again. Of course, the NFL draft is coming up this weekend, so there was some urgency to get this deal done. So here's what the Jets get. The Jets get Aaron Rodgers, the number 15 overall pick, which is Green Bay's first round pick, and a 2023 fifth round pick, which is number 170. The Packers get pick number 13, a 2023 second round pick, number 42, and a sixth round pick, number 207, along with a conditional pick in 2024. It's a first round pick if Rodgers plays at least 65% of the snaps for the Jets in 2023. It's a second-round pick if he plays less than 65% of the snaps. So what, what, does, what does this come down to? Well, first of all, the Jets and Packers swap pick 13 for pick 15. Jets had, had pick 13 in this year's draft. Packers had pick 15. They swap those. Green Bay gets pick 42 this year, the Jets' original second-round pick. The Jets still have a second-round pick at 43, so Green Bay gets, in addition to the pick swap, a second-round pick this year. In addition to that, Green Bay gets an early pick from the Jets next year. So it's a first-round pick if Rodgers plays two-thirds of the, sna- of the snaps this year. It's a second-round pick if he does not. And then there are a couple late-round picks swap hands. So really, if you're looking at it, a pick swap, a second-round pick this year, and probably a first-round pick next year, if not, then a second-round pick. So that's the price, a pretty big price. And we'll talk about the price in a bit. But let's begin with the good. I think this trade, you, you know, there's some good things you can point to, some bad things you can point to. The good is pretty clear. Aaron Rodgers is a better quarterback than anybody the Jets had. Aaron Rodgers is a better quarterback than anybody the Jets have had in some time. You know, even if he's in decline, and I think there you know there is some circumstantial evidence that he is in decline, he's better than Zach Wilson was last year. He's better than Joe Flacco was last year. He's better than Mike White was last year. He was better than Sam Darnold was a few years ago. You can go back. He was better than Josh McCown was a few years before that. Aaron Rodgers upgrades this team. And... This is no longer the hopeless team that we saw in the Adam Gase era or the Todd Bowles era. This is a team with some pieces to it. This is a team with a number one receiver in Garrett Wilson. It's a team with a defense that has talent on it in Quinn and Williams, Sauce Gardner, the leaders. They have some good supporting talent in John Franklin Myers and DJ Reed, you know, even a good role player, Michael Carter II at, at corner. There are some pieces on this team. And if you look at the Jets last year, I think one thing is clear. The Jets were a quarterback away from being a playoff team. And the Jets, of course, have the longest playoff drought, not just in the NFL at this point, but of the four major North American sports. Rodgers puts the Jets potentially on track to end that. In fact, I think if you look at this right now, this trade does not make the Jets the favorite in the AFC. I think if you're being objective, that would be Kansas City. I don't think the Jets are in the Kansas City category. I don't think the Jets are in the Cincinnati category. I don't think the Jets are even in the Buffalo category yet. But beneath them right now, I think there's there's kind of that, another tier. You can throw Baltimore in there. Maybe you can throw Jacksonville in there. Maybe you can throw the Chargers in there. I think that's the tier the Jets are in right now. And that's the tier where maybe you're not a favorite, and maybe the most likely scenario is not that you're going to come out of the AFC. But it's a tier where if everything breaks your way you could make some noise and you actually could go on a run. And maybe that means, you know, you just have like a throwback season from Aaron Rodgers this year. And maybe Buffalo takes a step back and you end up running away with the East and you end up you know, hosting a playoff game or two in the Meadowlands. It could also mean that, you know, you you remain maybe the fourth best team in the conference behind that big three of Buffalo and Cincinnati and Kansas City. And you just get hot at the right time. We've seen that in the NFL happen where a team's a good team through the year. But the Super Bowl is not always won by the team that is the best. Sometimes it's won by the team that's playing the best in January and February. And the Jets could put themselves in that mix. So I think when you look at this, the team was obviously defensive dominated a year ago. The Jets were, the Jets had one of the best defenses in the NFL. What they had also was one of the worst offenses in the NFL. And the issue, the biggest issue above all else was the quarterback position. The Jets just got nothing out of their quarterback room. And, you know, it went beyond Zach Wilson. They had no depth. I mean, Joe Flacco gave you nothing. Mike White gave you the one game against Chicago, a few moments against uh, Minnesota, maybe even a drive or two against Buffalo. But when Mike White's giving you your best quarterback play of the year, you know, that's not very good. And I think it's fair to say that we can expect even a declining Aaron Rodgers to vastly improve the quarterback situation for this team and potentially end that playoff drought. And beyond that, you know, who knows? You know, Rodgers brings—he you know, brings an incredible pedigree. He brings an incredible track record to this team. He certainly will bring buzz, which is a—you know—something we've seen in the past, where the Jets make the Jets are no stranger to making a move for a big-name player. So I want—I don't want to read too much into this. And I think it's also fair to say that Rogers has not exactly been successful in helping to recruit other free agents to the Jets. But when you look at this, I mean, it's clear that the Jets are a better team after the Rodgers trade, and it's not official yet, but the Jets will be a better team after the Rodgers trade is finally executed, finally filed away with the league after they, you know, do whatever they need to do with the contract to make it work. Jets will be a better team than they were before this deal. And they're potentially, and it's been a long time since we've seen good football here. We haven't seen a winning record since 2015 when the Jets went 10-6. and We have not even seen the playoffs since 2010, 13 years from now. And of course, we have not seen a Super Bowl Since 1968, which means I have never seen a Super Bowl. And most of you probably have not seen a Super Bowl involving the Jets ever in in our lifetimes. And these are things that, you know, these are things you can look at. The Jets ceiling now, and I, I, I don't, I'm not usually not one who likes to talk about ceilings, but if everything breaks right for the Jets with Aaron Rodgers in the mix... It's higher than it would be with almost any other quarterback that could have gotten this offseason. I mean, even if they had signed a Derek Carr, which was my preferred option, but even if they had done that, and that's more longer term type deal, but even if they had done that, I'm not sure if everything falls into place that they're necessarily a team that could, you know, make a realistically be considered a, a team that could make a run. Now, it's going to take a lot for the, for that to fall into place, though. I'm not sure it's necessarily the most likely scenario, but there's at least that option. So if you're looking for, and listen, I I think the Jets fan base as a a whole is very excited about this deal. I think the Jets fan base as a whole is very happy today. And there are obvious reasons why. You know, the Jets are clearly a better football team with Aaron Rodgers than they were without Aaron Rodgers. But I think there are some drawbacks to this deal. And I think if we're going to be honest with ourselves, I mean, the Jets paid an enormous price. And we'll we'll go a little bit deeper into discussing that as we continue here on this Monday episode of the Locked On Jets podcast today's episode of locked on jets is brought to you by BetterHelp online therapy getting to know yourself can be a lifelong process especially because we're always growing and changing and therapy is all about deepening your self-awareness and understanding because sometimes we don't know what we want or why we react the way we do until we talk things through and BetterHelp connects you with a licensed therapist who can take you on that journey of self-discovery wherever you are Therapy can be helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It can empower you to be the best version of yourself. It is not just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists anytime at no additional charge. Discover your potential with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash locked on today to get ten percent off your first month. That's betterhelp h e l p.com slash locked on. Thank you for making Locked On Jet your first listen every day. Locked On's NFL mock draft special is here, and it's bigger than ever. Follow all thirty-two teams first pick in a six episode ultimate mock draft experience only Locked On can deliver. I gave Aaron Rodgers some help up front. I got a McBlocker. You can find out who by tuning in. All episodes are available now on the Locked On NFL Draft YouTube page or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Today we're talking about the big trade. It's finally here after over a month of waiting. The Jets and Packers finally reached a deal for Aaron Rodgers, although the deal's not going to be made official for a couple days, probably. The terms of the deal have been worked out. And look, there's no no way around this. The Jets gave up a lot here. And I, I see people online acting like the Jets did not give up a lot. They gave up a lot. So... To summarize the deal, there are a couple late-round picks that we won't go into. The Jets and Packers swapped their first-round picks this year. Jets go from 13 to 15. Packers go from 15 to 13. Uh, Probably not a huge deal. You know, dropping two spots in the first round is not a big deal. The big part of the trade are the picks that come after that. The Jets give up their second-round pick this year, or their early second-round pick, I should say, because they had two. They give up their early second-round pick this year, which is pick number 42, and an early pick next year, which most likely is going to be a first-round pick, because, the Packers get a first-round pick if Rodgers plays at least 65% of the plays for the Jets this year. That's a awfully high price to pay, and I've talked about this on the show, you or who listen to this podcast every day because it is five days a week. You know what I've said over the last couple of weeks? You have to think this through. The Jets, did, the Jets should have been able to set their price on this deal, or they should have at least been able to give up less of a, of a package to get Rodgers because... There was only one of the 32 teams that was really interested in him. And he already said he wanted to come play for the Jets. So it's, and even if another team jumped in, the Jets, you know, the, Rogers said he wanted to play for the Jets. And Rogers essentially could have said, I'm going to the Jets or I'm retiring. So even though he may not have technically had a no trade clause, Aaron Rodgers did. Because he could, he could pretty much dictate where he wanted to go. And I look at this and I, I can't get over the fact the Jets gave up a first round pick. And I think that this will have negative consequences for the franchise. And listen, there's positives to this deal, but I think if you look at this price, the Jets uh, I think the Jets negotiated poorly here. Now I see some people online saying, well, it's gonna be a late first round pick, so it's not a big deal. Well late first round picks, but when did the late first round pick not become valuable? Well since when is a late first round pick a pick in the twenties? Then let's say they get they get that. That's a valuable pick. So is the second round pick this year. Second round is a spot in the draft where you tend to get your best bang for the buck. Because these are there's still a lot of good players available, but their salaries the first four years are very low. And I, when I look at this, I, I'm not entirely sure why the Jets had to pay so much for Rodgers. And it's almost like the Packers out-negotiated them. Because the Packers could not bring Rodgers back. There, there was simply no way to bring Rodgers back. They could not have Rodgers show up to training camp and create a circus. And there was nowhere else he would go. Nobody else wanted him. So... It's almost like the Jets paid a premium and they really did not need to. And I I look at this, I think the first round pick more than anything is what has me confused because there were reports over the last couple of weeks that one of the reasons the Jets were nervous about trading a first round pick for Rodgers was that they heard the Pat McAfee show and they heard Rodgers was 90% retired. So that's what he said. He said he he was 90% sure he was going to retire when he did the McAfee show and he announced that he was coming to the Jets. So they ended up working out a deal where they're probably giving Green Bay a first round pick and there's a condition, but the condition is not even remotely tied to Rodgers playing two seasons with the team. So I look at this and I say, well, what happened there? You were were so nervous about giving up a first round pick if Rodgers did not play two seasons and then you end up essentially creating a condition, a very soft condition. I mean, the Jets really have protected themselves minimally against any bad outcome in this deal. Because the only way they're not giving up a first-round pick is if Rodgers misses more than one-third of the season. And if that happens, they're probably giving up a high second-round pick. So it's not even like... So Green Bay's probably looking at a pick between 20 and 40 either way on top of a second-round pick this year. I think the Jets did a poor job negotiating. I know people won't want to hear this. I know today everybody only wants to hear the good about the Aaron Rodgers trade, and there is good. You know, the first segment I talked about it. Jets are a better team. The Jets have set themselves in a spot where... They probably will be a playoff team in the AFC. They'll probably end that long playoff drought. They could potentially, if everything falls into place, maybe make a run. If Rodgers is still playing at at his peak level, you know, will he be? We'll see. But if if we still have peak Aaron Rodgers at 39, then Jets could be right there with everybody. But... You know, looking at this deal, I really don't understand why the Jets had to give up as much as they did. And again, it's almost like they did not think it through. It's almost like they panicked a little bit with this. And you know, it, I guess it's easy to say, well, it's only a couple of picks, but you only get one shot to get a premium talent every year in the NFL with the first round pick. You know, and the, the first round pick is your most valuable asset as an NFL team. And I shouldn't need to explain to you why why that is. I mean, look at Sauce Gardner. Look at Garrett Wilson. Now, of course, you don't there you can very easily miss on a first round pick. That's fair. And I know if Sauce Gardner and Garrett Wilson were top 10 picks, but you look anywhere in the draft, anywhere in the first round, you can get a really good player at a cost-controlled level. And you saw the value of that last year. And the Jets are essentially giving away one of those opportunities. And not only that, they're giving away a second-round pick. So so your second-best asset, even though I know they traded Elijah Moore to get another second-round pick this year, but you've given up two of your best assets for a guy who really had no market to him. You know, it's not like there was another team in their bidding. And I think, you know, you also look at this, if you hit on a first or a second round pick, that could be a guy with you who's with you for eight to ten years. And I think part of the issue I have with the price is Rodgers is thirty-nine years old. He's gonna be forty during the season. So you're only getting him maybe two years at most. I, I think it's fair to say, you know, the fact he said he was ninety percent leaning towards retirement suggests he's not gonna be long for this league. And you've given up these premium opportunities. For a guy who's you know may have a big impact, but it's not going to be here very long. So I think if, you know if you're looking at the cost-benefit analysis of this, you, you got to wonder a little bit why the Jets gave up so much. It's all I, I, I sorry. I think the Jets panicked a little bit here. I think that there are there are things you can point to that are good. I think Rogers obviously makes the team better, but for the price the Jets gave up, I, I'm am surprised that they they felt compelled to give that up because there was really I, I can't get over the fact that they gave up a first round pick. It would, probably will be a first round pick. And they've left themselves very, with very few protections. I mean, this is the ultimate and high-risk, high-reward when you're talking about trading for a guy at this age and giving up this level. And this is almost the, the price you give up for a superstar in his prime. Maybe not quite that, but just about that. And you know you're only getting two years maximum. So I think you can be happy to see the Jets get an all-time player. But I think you look at the price, they did not do a good job with the negotiations. I think that they, they clearly... Panicked a little bit. They clearly overpaid a little bit, maybe more than a little bit. I, I think that this was this was not as this was not a smooth negotiation from the Jets, and I you know my suspicion is that Woody Johnson maybe dictated things a little bit because I just don't see how you can justify giving this price for a guy who's just about to retire. So that's what I see as the the number one negative to this trade. I've talked about the positive. There's still a couple things that are unknown and these could determine how good this trade turns out for the Jets. And we'll discuss them as we continue on this Monday episode of the Locked On Jets podcast. This is the Locked On Jets podcast on this Monday. The Jets and Packers finally agree to a trade that will bring Aaron Rodgers to New York. Rodgers following in the footsteps of Brett Favre, the last time the Packers had a Hall of Fame quarterback, he was traded from Green Bay to the Jets. That was 15 years ago in 2008. It's happened again. I guess we can set our clocks to 2038. Maybe Jordan Love will be coming to the Jets at that point in time. Rogers on his way to New York to play for the Jets. So I've talked about, generally speaking, the positives of this trade. I've talked about some of the negatives. There are some things we don't know yet. One of them is the contract situation. Rogers's current contract is a deal that will pay him $60 million. That's six zero, $60 million this year. Now, it's structured in a way that the Jets will only be charged $15.15 15 million of that this year. So the other $45 million, the Jets will be hit against the cap in the future. I think there's a question how much of that deal the Jets are taking on. And there have already been some media rumors that this deal is going to be reworked to a certain extent. It's not clear what that means. Does that mean Rodgers is taking less money? I kind of doubt it. We'll find out. Does it mean Green Bay is taking on part of the deal? Well, you know, at the price the Jets paid, the Packers ought to be taking on an awful lot of it because the Jets Jets are taking on a tremendous amount of risk by giving up the assets that they gave up. So I think Green Bay certainly should be taking on a lot of that deal. Or is it just like a restructure? Is this a real reallocation where Rodgers still gets $60 million this year, but the Jets lower their cap hit even below the current $15 million number? And that could be... That's something that could conceivably come into play because the Jets are still very tight on cap space. Even at $15 million for a cap hit for Rodgers this year, the Jets are going to need to do some maneuvering to fit him in. You know, Jets Jets essentially spent all their money last year. And they spent two years' worth of money in, in the 2022 offseason. So you've been seeing it all offseason. You've been seeing the Jets restructure deals. You've been seeing them rework contracts. That's because of how much money they spent last offseason. And unfortunately, outside of a few exceptions like DJ Reed, you know I don't know that they spent their free agent money all that wisely, and it's really kind of come back to hurt them this off season. So it'll be interesting to see how that deal is restructured. I think another question you have to ask is what version of Rogers are you getting? If you're getting vintage Aaron Rodgers, you know that's a that's the type of quarterback who can take the Jets to the next level. And that goes back with what I was saying in the first segment. You know, the, the boom scenario for this for this trade, it's quite a boom. You know, it's quite it's got quite a bit of potential if Rogers is Rodgers, If he's vintage Aaron Rodgers or something approaching vintage Aaron Rodgers. You know, if you look through Jets history, the quarterback's play has not usually been very good. This is an opportunity, potentially, to have top-notch quarterback play for one of the rare times in franchise history. And as we all know, quarterback's are the most important position in the NFL. So if you get good quarterback play, that goes a long way towards making your team a winner. So that that's something I think part of part of the question is motivation. Is are you going to get Aaron Rodgers who's got something to prove? Aaron Rodgers who wants to end his career on a high note Aaron Rodgers, who wants to join Tom Brady and Peyton Manning as quarterbacks who have won Super Bowls with two different teams. And I will say this, when we're talking legacy, I don't know if there's a lot you could do more significant than bringing a championship to a fan base that's waited over 50 years for one. Rodgers could be the guy. You know, back when I was a kid, the New York Rangers, the hockey team, they won the Stanley Cup in 1994. It was their first championship in 54 years. And they've brought in a guy, a superstar player who was imported from another team, a guy with a championship pedigree, in Mark Messier. Mark Messier became a legend with the New York Rangers. He's revered by those fans today. Aaron Rodgers could potentially enhance his legacy. He's already, you know, he's he's already an icon in Green Bay. He could become an icon in the second city, with the, in the biggest market in the in the league, with an opportunity to end one of the longest Super Bowl droughts ever. I mean, if you if you want to, there's not much Aaron Rodgers can do to really add to his accomplishments but that's something he could do and the question is how motivated is he is he going to come in you know is he uh, is he going to come in in great shape is he going to is he going to be breathing fires does he have something to prove to Green Bay I mean we know he's not happy with the way that situation ended in Green Bay and after the McAfee show uh, appearance a few weeks ago I commented on that it sounded like at least from that interview like he really wants to show Green Bay something On the other hand, he is coming off the worst season of his career, a year where he did not have a single 300-yard passing game. He's approaching an age where there are not many examples of quarterbacks maintaining a high level of play. So that's an open question. And when you talk about these deals, you know, we can give our initial impressions today. Nobody ever knows how these deals are going to work out. You look at some of the best deals in the history of the league, a lot of them were heavily criticized at the time they were made. You look at some of the worst deals in the history of the league, or you could even go into other sports. They were praised at the time they were made. So we don't really know. So these are, as I see it, these are the pros and the cons of how things worked out today, as I've described on the show. But there's a lot that's not known. And these things will help determine whether or not we remember this day as a positive day, or maybe not such a positive day. We're going to talk, talk plenty about Rogers in the weeks and uh, the days and weeks ahead I hope you'll join us again. Again, this is a daily podcast. You everydayers know it. Uh, we have new episodes each day, Monday through Friday. I hope you'll join us tomorrow. But for today, this has been the Lockdown Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day is our motto. As always, if you enjoy the show, hit the subscribe button where you're watching or listening so that you'll never miss an episode. If you're watching on YouTube, please give this episode a big thumbs up. It helps the channel out. helps other Jets fans find the podcast. Have a great Monday, everybody. We'll be back tomorrow to talk more Jets and more Aaron Rodgers.